And at my parents' house, I think there is five that are just like wall hangups that I'll pick up just for some like acoustic fun. I mean, one of them is like my first ever guitar that's from like Walmart. And my dad thought that fishing line was the same thing as guitar strings. So the, the guitar strings on it is fishing line. God bless his heart. Um, so I don't know if you could really count that as something that I pick up and play. I don't think it could even handle real strings on it anymore. Um, and there's one. The intersection of good drinks, good music, and good times. This is Hops and Spirits Bar Conversations. Goodbye 2022 and hello 2023. Or at least that's kind of uh, my thoughts as we close out the year with a great episode. We'll be taking a few weeks off before we drop some new episodes in early January. we got a good one for you as we talk with country artist Darian Lee. And then for tasting notes, we welcome in Chad Watson for an age-old question. Don't forget to check us out on social media at Hopspirits, all one word. And also don't forget to check out our neat and mixed reviews where we try everything the way most people try it, neat and mixed, and give our true thoughts and opinions on that. You don't want to miss that. Uh, full episodes on our Facebook and YouTube page, shorter ones on our Instagram and TikTok. Let's not waste any more time. Up next is Tasting Notes with Chad Watson as we ask the age-old question, what bourbon would Santa drink? Enjoy. Did you know Hops and Spirits is more than just this podcast? Check out hopspirits.com for our latest episode release, past episodes, interviews with interesting folks in the alcohol industry, and so much more. Just go to hopspirits.com. Feel free to wait until this podcast is done. Back once again for tasting notes. He is better known as My Daily Bourbon on Instagram. He's part of the Bourbon Life crew. Welcome back, Chad Watson. Hey, thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. Well, I appreciate you, and we, we always have good conversations. And, and sometimes I feel like I let you get some things off your chest that you maybe not can't say on, on some of the other things that, that you're doing. But I don't believe this is one of those times. No, Unless not no. This is, uh, I feel like this is, usually uh, someone told me today, it's like, we need to have you, We're, uh, I don't want to spoil it for them, but basically Festivus. So any of those of you who, who watch Seinfeld or grew up with Seinfeld, Festivus is the airing of grievances, and I feel like that Jonathan lets me do that on on uh, on his show, like far too often. <laughs> but you know what? Not this week, because this week we're in the holiday spirit, and you know this is the last episode of of Bar Conversations in the New Year, and it's right before Christmas. And you know, there's a jolly saint, you know, really cool guy that you know stops by people's houses, leaves some cool things, and people leave things out for him. A lot of times, it's milk and cookies. But, you know, there's a lot of us that have a lot more, you know, maybe better things that we'd like to leave out for Santa, and that's bourbon. So yeah, I'm, I'm lactose intolerant, so we don't keep milk around. Exactly. So, <laughs> and you know, and, and for those that are, are uh, helping out Santa, maybe they don't want milk either. <laughs> so, so with that said, you posed the question to me, what bourbon or whiskey, because, you know, who knows? Maybe he likes a Tennessee yeah. whiskey. He could. Um or or maybe he goes with wherever he's at and likes an Irish whiskey, Scotch whiskey, or, or, or whatever. But what would Santa drink? And I thought that was a great question. So after I suggested that and you said, that's a great question, I was like, I don't know. <laughs> like, I need to get <laughs> – I went to Instagram and I put on my story. I was like, what bourbon slash rye uh, would Santa drink? And I asked, I asked my girlfriend, I asked Brittany, I was, I was like, what would he drink? 
And she said the Christmas one, which is uh, Midwinter's Night's Dram, because she, you know, pine, mint, cran- like cranberry, all those notes in there. And I mean, it is very Christmas-esque. So, like, the first six responses I got were Midwinter's Night Dram. Uh, the second one I also thought was very obvious was Very, very Old St. Nick. So, I was like, th- those just kind of seem like a given. So, I was really like, man, <laughs> what would Santa drink? But I think I think the regional thing would be nice because he comes to Kentucky. We're going to leave out bourbon. He goes to Tennessee. He's probably going to be Jack Daniels, unfortunately. But you know he could go out west and it could be a single malt. But I I would like to think that if Santa, I mean it's a rough night, so you know he can't have too much high proof. He can't be going for the George T. Stags, the Lash Creek Bow Proof. Nothing has Matt, so he needs something that is like bottled in bond range, you know, it can get the job done. He can have a pour at every house in the world, you know, see all 8 billion people and still kind of coast through the night. But then I, then I remember he's also really not driving. It's the reindeer. So mm-hmm. maybe he, maybe, maybe Santa could be poured up some, you know, 140 proof whiskey. <laughs> I don't know. That'd be that, quite that, impressive. That, <laughs> it, it would be. Maybe that's why he's so he's always so jolly and his face is always so red and he's got the belly he's got. That man's drinking a lot of whiskey. I've heard I've heard one of my favorite things when I looked this up too was I was like, all right, I got to put this in too because now Chad has asked a great question and literally I found an article where they did an interview with him and it said this is like back in 2016, some European or or some news outlet was like. Mrs. Claus always has whiskey for him when he gets back. That's his number one choice. So clearly we're on to something. Hell yeah. And, but um, but living up in the North Pole, I mean, hopefully he's not having like some weird like Icelandic whiskey or something like that. I mean, I don't even know what grows up there. I mean, it's like what, not, what, not what grows in Iceland? <laughs> Anything? I mean, I know there's some beer like. Einstock, but uh, I'm not sure. I I, I want to ask you, what bourbon or rye? Because I, I got to think of a, a particular brand. Like, what do you think Santa would drink? Well, so I, I went through this just like you did because I was like, okay, clearly, I went to the. I didn't go Midsummer's or went not Midsummer's night. Yeah, Midwinter's night. Very very old Saint Nick was the first thing that came to my mind because I'm like perfect cliche. We're going to nail this, you know, knock this out of the park. But then when I was, I got to thinking, I'm like, I really do think along the way he drinks whatever's maybe a native spirit wherever he's at. Because, you know, like you said, he's probably jolly for a reason. He might have one <laughs> hell of a hangover uh, the, the next day. But when he gets home, that's the one he he wants. You know, what does he want? And I'm trying to think through, and I'm like, it'd have to be after all that, I would want something that's an easy sipper, you know, like something yeah. easy sipper, but with a little bit of a little, little something, something with it. I don't, I don't think he wants an 80 proof or anything like that. So I really don't know. I would love to say maybe he, he's, um, a simple man and, and goes with like some Woodford, uh, double oaked or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> I mean, that would work. It's got that nice oaky camp fiery marshmallow note. So it makes him feel nice and warm. But uh, I, I was kind of leaning towards the same thing, same thing. You know, gets home, 
it's been a rough night. He just is like, ah, I need, he's going to pour rocks glass. He's going to pour like a four finger pour. And he's just going to sit there and be like, I'm not going to bed till this is done. But maybe, you know, he only comes out once a year. So the other 364 days could be nothing but hangovers for him. <laughs> but I liken to think that he's a man of class and he's going back to some dusty stuff. You know, he's just been Ooh. sitting on like some old Turkey or Jim beam decanters, or even maybe some of the old, I don't want to go as crazy as say Stitzel Weller stuff, but I think he's a man of class and he's pouring up some old Austin Nichols, just reeling it in. Like I remember the good old days when there were less people, less things to deal with. You know, it does make sense though. When you, when you, when you phrase it that way, if there was a man that was going to have one hell of a collection, it's the one that's been around for a long time and could get that collection get and build it up. Yeah. Like his dusty bottles would be amazing. Uh, I mean, he would, he would have to have, I mean, come on, if you're going to every, every state, every country all over the world, you know, you're not just going for the 2022 12 year old wild turkey or Blanton straight from the barrel. No, no, no. He's, this is a man who's seen it all from the start till now. I mean, he's probably got some super, I mean, he's probably got a couple, at least one of the old Pappy Van Winkle single barrels back when they used to do those. I'm sure, I don't know, I don't think Santa would be a, a Willett family estate man, but if he is, he's probably got some of the old stuff, you know, back before they did the label change. I was going to say, he's he's the kind of guy that, you know, you, we see all these stories about, you know, they found this barrel in this old warehouse that went away, it's a 55-year-old <laughs> You know, he was nice enough to leave that. Like, he, yeah, yeah. he came back and he left that. <laughs> Someone was like, this year for Christmas, please, just let there be one 31-year-old bottle or barrel of bourbon with, like, 10 bottles in it. And Santa's like, God oh, damn it. Uh, well, yeah, I do have, like, 30,000 of those. We'll just leave one for old <laughs> Leroy down there to find so he can bottle it and charge $40,000 that no one will ever drink. Or, or maybe he's an old-school guy and he likes a little white lightning. Get him going. Yeah, I mean, that would make sense. I mean, just straight to the point. Get get some of that just clear old fashioned corn liquor. I mean, it's gonna it's gonna warm him up. Like number one, that's gonna keep get him warm. It's gonna keep him warm. <laughs> and if it's done right, it shouldn't have much of a flavor. It should be mildly sweet. So I mean, he shouldn't have any like long lasting nasty flavors in his mouth. Really, he wouldn't have to worry about taste. I mean, I. Yeah, moonshine. I, that's the, probably the best answer. Moonshine, because I, of all, of all time, if anything that's been distilled has been corn, corn and malt. So, I just I can't see. And this is no, not a dig at single malt. So I do like single malt, but Santa's not a Scotch guy. Just don't think Santa's a Scotch guy. I think Santa likes his corn. So yeah, I'm taking your answer. I'm submitting it in. Santa's definitely going to the the hills of Tennessee. He's taking back the, the shine from Eastern Kentucky. I don't know where else makes good shine. That's just that's the only place. I he know. he he knows a guy who knows a guy, and that's how it works. <laughs> <laughs> now now I do have to ask this because to get maybe a little bit more fun with it, <clears throat> you you are a man that likes to uh, enjoy maybe something a little sweet mm-hmm. with, with your your bourbons and, and rye. So what are some good combinations here if we're leaving stuff out for Santa that he might like that would go well with those bourbons or rice? So I got to I gotta give credit where credit is due. Um, for those of you who 
follow me and follow my rival enemy, uh, Eric Smith at whiskey mutant on Instagram. <laughs> I am going to steal inspiration from him on this subject. So I, I think Santa is a, and not speaking from my point of view, but chocolate chip cookies, I feel like Santa actually hates chocolate chip cookies and just one person thought that. So everyone's like, I don't want to be mean. So we're going to make sure there's, it's like when you get diet soda for the party. Cause that one person drinks diet soda and then everyone's like, well, maybe we should all drink the diet soda. And then that person like doesn't actually get it, but they don't want you to feel bad for buying diet soda. I would see Santa being the guy who doesn't want anything Christmas related. Like don't leave out the little Debbie Christmas trees. Don't leave out like the, the red and green sprinkled donuts. I feel like he's a, He's either a cosmic brownie kind of guy, you know, super fudgy. They're they're hardy, they're rich, or zebra cakes. Just because who doesn't love a zebra cake? If you don't like zebra cakes, don't tell me you don't like zebra cakes, Jonathan. If you if you don't like zebra cakes, I like zebra just, cakes. Okay, good. You know, like I'm speech, <laughs> yeah. I'm I, I, I felt like, like this was going to go wrong if I said anything else. <laughs> It was going to make me speechless if I just to think about people who don't like zebra cakes. But I feel like, yeah, I feel like he's a very, very basic man. He's like, yeah, give me a brownie or a zebra cake, something that he can dip in his glass or pour over. I'll give Eric his pour over or pour over and and enjoy. Uh, I I think things like when I was a kid, my parents, you know, if they forgot to get cookies or didn't want to bake cookies, they're like Rice Krispie treats or honey buns. Or uh, the honey buns that they put cinnamon on and call it a cinnamon roll. So that, that's what we did as kids. But I'd like to think that he he's going for the more classic. I really don't know what's more cl- like. I don't know what a classic snack cake is, but I'm I'm reaching I'm reaching for those. I'm, I'm reaching for those. I'm curious to hear what you think. Well, see that that so you know I, I've got a four year old daughter and. Um, if you get to watch the uh, Kentucky version of, of this this show uh, this week, you can see her. She makes an appearance on our flight <laughs> night, uh, mid 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 drinks. Um, she's not drinking, but you know she she shows up. <laughs> and 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 I'm and it's funny because like we we talk about this, and I'm like we're, we're not at that point yet where we leave stuff out for Santa because she she's starting to understand Santa. She's starting to understand right. gifts. My my wife was. Um, wrapping stuff um, and she's like well a couple of those are for you and she's like oh what are they and we're like well no you don't get to know yet and she's like but I want to know like I gotta know I gotta know and we're like no so we're not quite there yet we're not in that sweet spot where we leave stuff out and she gets all that um, but when we do I'm curious I'm like am I going to be able to say leave a whiskey out like what, what what can I say to leave out and it'd be, be okay but for me growing up we always did um I forget what they're they're called, but they're like a peanut butter cookie uh, with a uh, Hershey Kiss in them. And my God, are they delicious? Oh, uh, yeah, I know what you're talking about, and I, I feel like I, as you were describing it, uh, I'm not gonna. I don't know like blossoms or something. I forget what they're called. My mom was gonna shoot me for this because I, I don't remember, but they are delicious, <laughs> and I think they would go great with uh, anything. <laughs> yeah, I mean. The, the whole peanut butter, the nut, the chocolate. I mean, that that would pair well with some. I don't really know what just happened to my screen, but that would pair really well with uh, with some whiskey. So may, maybe that's what what I can uh, talk my daughter into as, as we go forward. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, well, tell your mom you want peanut butter cookies with a Hershey kiss smushed into the top of it, baked in the oven. Exactly. Don't ask exactly. questions. And, and Chad, I, I appreciate the, the topics. I appreciate the conversation. Thanks for being part.
part of this. Thanks for always going along and, you know, maybe airing a few grievances along the way. <laughs> hey, man, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Uh, thanks, thanks for letting me seriously think about. I don't. This topic wasn't stupid. I don't want to call it dumb, but I don't know. Like I, I genuinely, it's fun. It, it is fun. Like I genuinely thought about this last night and today. I was like, and I asked people at work, and everyone was just like, "Midwinter's nice dram, very old Saint Nick." And I'm like, "Damn it!" Like, think outside the box. Like no one was thinking about it hard. So I'm, I'm glad you let me on here and, and talk about it because. It really bothered me after I made the suggestion. I, I it hit me. And I was like, I don't know. I don't know what to talk about. I'm afraid of the answer. So, well, and now maybe others need to chime in, and uh, please do because we want to know what Santa would drink. Yes, yes, I would love to know. Make sure you tag me in your responses. Check out Hops and Spirits on social media at Hops Spirits, all one word, on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and Twitter. You can also find Hops and Spirits on YouTube and at HopSpirits.com. Joining us here for our conversation, she's a country singer and songwriter. Please welcome in Darian Lee. Hi, thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks for for hopping on. And and as we were talking before I hit the record button, um, how often does that name get mispronounced, missaid? I mean, if you're at Starbucks, do they even come close? I've had one encounter. I'm 23, so one is pretty remarkable. It's not bad. Where it's been... <laughs> nearly right on um but yeah my name throughout my entire life has been pronounced incorrectly my pastor growing up never got my name right and I just never had the heart to tell him it's just kind of one of those things that you get used to it's from a Bruce Willis movie even better right. even better that's a <laughs> I, I, I love that. And, you know, I'm happy to talk about some of your, your music here in a second, but this is Bar Conversations. You are 23, so you can legally have drinks. I um, so I got to ask, what's your go-to drink or what are you drinking tonight? Oh, I, I'm i kind of all over the board. I tend to ask people what they think I would like because I find it entertaining. But <laughs> if I'm going to grab one, I usually do like a Jack and Ginger or something chill. Nice, nice. I like that. See, I was going to say Jack and Coke. I'm, I'm sure you get a whole lot of cocktails and fruity mixes and things like that. Yeah, but yeah. I, you know, looking at where you're from, what you like to do, I think I figured you might have been a whiskey girl. Yeah, definitely. Minnesota, I think, is much more whiskey um, or like beer, in my opinion. Someone else might have a completely different opinion, but that's my take on it. <laughs> we got to stay warm in the wintertime, exactly. right? Exactly. It is chilly up there. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I don't have anything from Minnesota, but not too far away over in Milwaukee. I got a little Great Lakes distilling still in Oak. Nice. So figure, figure out, figure out I'll have that tonight. Now, um, I, I have to ask this because I saw some of the pictures of you not being able to get out deer hunting this season. Yes. Um, but I do know you also like to, you know, dress up too and go out. So right. which do you prefer, the red carpet or the deer stand? Ooh, that's a good question. I think... You know, getting all glam and stuff is fun, but deer season only comes around one time a year, whereas that can come around all throughout the years. So I would say the deer stand. I like it. I like it. And then, then like I said, I, I think I saw the post where you, you didn't get to go go hunting the, this year. So, um, But that is something you did growing up with your dad, right? Yeah, yeah. I went out to the stand the first time in second grade in purple snow pants traips in my way all the way to the deer stand chilling with my dad um and i this is the first time i've ever missed a deer season i've missed 
I guess now technically two opening mornings. Um, but never in my life had I missed anything else. The other opening morning was like a early morning gig I had to go do, but then you best bet by the time the afternoon came around, I was back out in the deer stand this year. It just didn't work out, but I'm hoping to next year for sure. Well, I mean, you can go and, you know, there's other seasons. There are. You can, there are. you know, get that get that fix in. That's true. I've only ever participated in, like, the rifle whitetail hunt. But um, I would love to kind of discover more different seasons, more different hunts, stuff like that. Well, especially if you if you got to stay busy in Nashville. you got to find a way to, to get out and about. And, yeah, you know, I know you've also been able to get out and about. You've got a new single called Jackson, and we'll talk about that in a second. Yeah. But you've been doing this mini doc series, kind of showcasing your hometown. How much fun has that been? It has been so fun. It's funny because it's all the things that I've grown up with my entire life. And it's always been interesting because people have always been so intrigued by such a small town, small gradu graduating class, like truly a small town to its core, not like the atypical, I grew up in a small town thing, which is very cool, but this is a really small town. And I've always found people being very intrigued by it. So it's been very fun to share that as much as it, as it is irregular to other people and seems different to them. It's normal to me. Well, and you mentioned that, like, how big was your graduating class when you say small town? I graduated one of 14. Oh, okay. Very, very small. Yeah. <laughs> very small. Where, where you literally knew everyone in the school. Very much so. Yeah. I think my, the highest amount I know of um, was my brother who graduated with like 22 or like 27, somewhere in that range. And I mean, I know so many people that graduated in classes, like 200 plus to me, there was only 200, less than 200 people in my entire school K through 12 the year I graduated. So that's like absurd. But I went to college and like understood the going to class with many other people, but it took a lot of getting used to. Well, and now you're doing it uh, for fun, getting up in front of, of tons of people. Right. So, I mean, I guess it's all working out. Very much so. Yeah. I, I took the opposite route. I went for more people versus less. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and that, that single Jackson, is that kind of you thinking about a specific place of being home or how to, how does the story of, of that single kind of, kind of go for you? Yeah. I really just wrote about like my hometown and different things that have built me growing up. I've thrilled older brothers, my parents, my family's been very instrumental in my life. We're very close and my hometown is very instrumental. And I growing up had that idea of, is, is did this happen because it was, faith like a god thing or did it happen because it was just meant to happen it was fate and i had to like i played that game i guess of like this card lies here this card lies here like there's no in between was kind of how i thought um <laughs> and growing up like realizing that there is an in between and everything is kind of happening for a reason whatever you believe that might be but um yeah it's honestly just filled of personal experiences in life i don't come from a town called jackson so it's a little play on words but yeah all about my life growing up in my hometown well, and, it, and it's a it's a cool song, and you Thank know, you. what has it been like to share that that kind of thing? Because I'm sure others relate to those experiences. And, right. You know, there are many small towns and 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 just general experiences that people you know have that that you talk about. So I'm guessing you've had some some cool feedback there. Yeah, it's I think a lot more singer songwriting or surrounding that more than my other singles have been. Not that I I wrote them. 
um it's just more focused on like that soulful feeling of writing a song and very much so i think eludes of like the early 2000s slow soulful written songs and i've had a lot of responses like that and people that understand the no stoplight town and things like that um like we had one four-way stop with stop signs all around it and that was it one main one i guess i should say no lights no nothing so i didn't grow up with that we had to drive like 30 plus minutes during driving training to actually like stop at stoplights which is so strange especially being in nashville now but the response has been really good <laughs> well no I, I totally get it i grew up in west virginia and while i much bigger town than 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 uh where you you grew up you know twenty thousand, but it was still a small town to others yeah, yeah. Uh, but when we'd go places they they would always ask the question of how many stoplights do you have in your town right and i never understood that <laughs> it's so strange because you don't think it's relevant in your world like it's not something you think about until someone asks you and you're like wow i didn't think that this was as impactful as it is <laughs> and and what was it like growing up in in carlstad minnesota I always think that it was like the best way I could ever imagine growing up as a kid. You can always think the grass is greener, but I'm very thankful for the way that I grew up and the family that I have and the town that I grew up in. I mean, everybody knows everyone, which some people say is a blessing and a curse, but I tend to have found the blessing in that. Um, like, I mean, I grew up driving golf carts around as soon as you learned how to drive and like my brothers and I attaching like a rope to the back of a four wheeler and riding on a rollerblades and like being pulled around our yard like true random like childhood exploration sort of things so i i wouldn't have had it any other way now where is carlstad minnesota on you know like if you're looking at minnesota are we south are we middle kind of or are we up north where you know it might get green grass a couple months out of the year <laughs> we are up north where you might get green grass for three to four months out of the year most people don't even know gotcha. of um, the town, especially if you go to like southern Minnesota. They don't necessarily always know that area unless they have like hunting land or something up there or their family was farmers up there back in the day. But um, we are like 30 minutes, give or take, from the northern Canadian border um, and not quite that little like corner of the U.S. and Minnesota, but very, very close to. So now I got to ask, you went hunting did you ever go ice fishing? I did. It is very cold. <laughs> I know some people really <laughs> like ice fishing. I tend to enjoy summer fishing more because you get to look at a little bit more. I know plenty of people that love ice fishing a lot more. They love the cold. Um, but I just summer's kind of my vibe. I, I I totally get that. I even growing living in West Virginia, we had like a little I don't want to say pond, but they had dammed up like a creek, and sure. because of the the winters in the mountains, it, it would freeze over enough, and you'd see people out there. And I'm going, you know, it's not that cold to be out there now. Where you're at, I'm sure you know they're building fires and, oh, and staying warm, right. warm on the ice. But you've got city uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm with you. Right. I don't. I don't. I just think there's there's plenty of beauty in ice fishing. Um, but warm fishing, you can actually see the sunrise and the sunset without being frozen to the core and feeling like a freezer burnt popsicle. That just, it's not the most appealing thing to me, but I do appreciate it for all that it's worth. And now you've kind of gone the complete opposite, almost 360 or 180 to yeah. Nashville. <laughs> What's it been like moving moving to Nashville, the bright lights, 
noise, traffic everywhere, you know, millions of stoplights. It's definitely a change, but I was very blessed to travel a lot as a kid, so it doesn't seem very different to me. And I traveled back and forth between Minnesota and Nashville for four years, so it, I grew very accustomed to it. I grew up with generational firefighters in my family, though, and hearing sirens has been something that I've slowly gotten used to. I was always taught, like, the second you hear them, your feet hit the ground and your eyes are like a swivel. Like, you're looking all the way around you to figure out what's going on, where it's at, where you need to move. And obviously, you do that here, too, but it's so much more common. And I had family in town over the last week, and I'd, like, notice them, like, feet on the ground, head on a swivel. Like, they're looking for all the things. And I always found it so funny because I felt like that was me in the beginning stages of being here. And I've just grown so much more accustomed to it. Well, then you probably appreciate the quiet when you do get to go back home. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I go on to our hunting land often. I used to go out there, like, weekly. Um, but whenever I'm home, I try to get out there, and it's just so quiet and peaceful. It's very, very chill. And now, you know, obviously in Nashville, you're getting to play now, getting gigs, doing things like that. And you've gotten to open for some some pretty big acts, whether it's Big and Rich, Mackenzie Porter, Craig Morgan, and others. What's that been like, and have, have you been able to gain some, some knowledge from those folks? Yeah, um, it's indescribably cool. Um, I had been able to see some of them. Joe Nichols, I was able to actually see as a child. Um, and, and turning around and then opening for him is one of the most surreal things you could ever think of. And it's very cool to not only just hear what they have to say about what they're doing and what they've done. Not only just to hear about what they're what they've done and what they're doing in their show, but also just to watch the way that they control the stage and the way that they are so natural at what they're doing, because obviously they've had years of practice. And I find that to be very, very cool. Well, and it's pretty cool to see them pass that knowledge on to, to yourself. And I also read, though, you like to do um, kind of an animal shelter tour when you get to go to some, some places. Why, why is that so something you enjoy doing? Oh, man, I love dogs, cats, all things alike. Um, I grew up with dogs, so I will say I tend to be a dog person. Um, but I understand the love that someone could have for a cat as well. And I don't know, I just have a really soft spot for it. Um, growing up, it was always something. I mean, I grew up not super, super country, but I have family that owns farms, like basically was raised on their farms as well. And in my hometown, um, on my parents as well. And it was just something that you see so often is just the way that animals are and their human nature as well. And, and sometimes they need a hand. So it feels pretty special to be able to help animals that are out running around find homes and to be able to find their forever families. Cause I can't even count the amount of times that a dog would turn up at my parents' front door and we put it in the garage, feed it, give it water, all those things. And you call the mayor saying you have a dog, you're trying to figure out whose it is. Like it, it's just like a whole thing. And I grew up with that. So I think being aware of that at such a young age was extremely influential to me now wanting to try to help out in any way that I can. That is awesome. And it's something cool and unique that, that you get to, to do and share a side of you. And I got I always am curious about this because, you know, nowadays so much is ha on social media, whether that's, you know, sharing just songs that you're doing or sharing your a side of you. Right. Is it weird to do that sometimes? Because I'm always curious because I know PR folks are probably pushing you. You got to share. People yeah. want to know more about you, which I know you're doing with like the Jackson mini doc series. But is it just weird to do like anything on social media that is your personal life? 
Definitely. Sometimes it's one of those things where you have to focus on balancing that as much as you can, because I think there's a healthy amount of sharing. There's also an amount of things that just need to be personal. And, and I've found that whenever I share a lot, it gets really hard to figure out and analyze where my personal life lands and where my public life, if you want to call it, lands. So it's always just a balancing act. And sometimes you might fall a little uneven on that. But I think as long as you're kind of teetering somewhere close to where you're comfortable, you're good. But it is definitely weird. I mean, like, my family doesn't do social media and stuff as much. They're definitely on it. Um, but it's very interesting to see how, like, most people would react in certain situations as to where I'm thinking, oh, I need to get an Instagram story. Oh, that could be a TikTok. Like, other people are just taking it in, which I do plenty of. But it is interesting to see how people align in different circumstances like that. Yeah, I always struggle because I'm always like, but I just want to do this. I don't want to take the picture. <laughs> I totally <laughs> you know. feel that. And, you know, and as you're sharing experiences like that, you're also probably sharing experiences through your songwriting and, right. and things like that. Is it when, when you're doing songwriting, are you always pulling from past experiences or experiences that others have told you? Or is it kind of an idea or just this weird mix that sometimes just all comes together? I would say it lands somewhere within a weird mix where things just always come together. Um, a lot of what I write about is inspired by my personal life. I have a hard time writing about things that I don't personally feel, whether they be hard or good. Um, I just, I have a hard time doing that because it doesn't feel organically me in a way. And I can do it if we're writing about something that I personally have an experience with someone else. Um, I'm happy to write about whatever they need. And, and we always find that perfect spot to explain everything. And it also is very eye-opening because I've understood other people's experiences in songwriting as well. Um, my music tends to be very personally inspired, though. Well, no, I was going to say, listen to some of your, your past singles. It's It's kind of an interesting mix when you kind of get to listen to them whether it's you know tonally or or lyrically you know let me go uh you kind of bring some some attitude on, yeah. on something like that yeah i love let me go and and how did that come about and, and what how much fun was that song oh i love let me go in every way the entire experience of from writing it with emily fortney and sky claire to cutting the first vocal to hearing the band come to life, the photos, the video, all things, even in just the photos that I would take and the videos that I would take promoting it, everything about that single just truly felt magical. And I think it's because I felt like I really found my voice and where I like to land. And I think as an artist, especially starting out as young as I have, you're always trying to figure out where you are because not only are you growing and maturing into an adult or a young adult, you're also trying to figure out where does my music fall in between my my personal figuring out of where I am in my life, but also where I need to be as an artist? And it's kind of a strange factor to be playing in there as to like, what kind of music do I want to release? What do I want my sound to be? But I think for me in writing Let Me Go, I was never worried about what the sound would be and what my sound is. And it just like came together so beautifully and artistically and I don't know. I love sprinkling a little sass in there too. It's fun. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. And, and I'm guessing too, like, is that kind of what you grew up on that kind of music or, or, you know, that you would listen to those, especially those female artists that, you know, kind of brought a little bit of attitude. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I grew up on like that true 
90s early 2000s country sound and then obviously like introducing carrie underwood who brought all of the sass and and so much spark in her songwriting and her music as well and miranda lambert and you're throwing in all of those early 2000s women in country music mixed with a lot of the good classic country music as well so i think i got the right melting pot of all of the things but definitely very inspired by that now, I read you like to you know throw the headphones on and just kind of daydream. Are you still doing that to this day with the, with those songs? All the time, twenty four seven. That is me to a T. And then you know you've also got other singles out there such as "Leave," you know, ten thousand miles, which I like. I said you kind of bring in something a little different lyrically, or or even just the sound. Is it is that just you kind of showing off the different sides of you as you? one, figure out who you are, like you said, but to show off, you know, all the sides that you are. Yeah, I think very much so. I've, like I was saying earlier, I've gone through sprints of time where I've been trying to figure out what is my sound, who am I as an artist. But I think in recent years, I've really just been focusing on if I like it, I'll release it. If it's something that I love and I find a home in, I know that someone else will find a home in it too. Because so commonly music is something that we all relate to and and feel validated through. So for me, it's become a lot less of having a sound that always sounds like me through and through and more of a, if I love it and I find a home in it, I think someone else will too. And then, you know, you, you, you play the guitar. When did you pick up playing the guitar? When I was like 15. Now, did you steal your brother's guitar? Is that how it worked? I did. did... (laughs) (laughs) You did your research. I did. (laughs) hijacked it from his room and brought it upstairs and learned Johnny Cash from YouTube, actually. Fun fact. That's like, I mean, the, Johnny Cash is a good one to, to, to start on. And now, now since then though, how many guitars do you own or have you owned? <laughs> um, I kind of, <laughs> a true guitar owner at, at heart. I basically define it off of what can I play at a gig and what will I play sitting around, which probably sounds really backwards, but it's just the way that I work. I've got about four that I'll play at a gig. And and at my parents' house, I think there is five that are just like wall hangups that I'll pick up just for some like acoustic fun. I mean, one of them is like my first ever guitar that's from like Walmart. And my dad thought that fishing line was the same thing as guitar strings. So the the guitar strings on it is fishing line. God bless his heart. Um, so I don't know if you could really count that as something that I pick up and play. I don't think it could even handle real strings on it anymore. Um, and there's one other guitar very much so similar to that condition, but there's at least two there that I could pick up and play like acoustically. Well, and, and, and one of your, your, your Jackson, um, you know, mini doc videos that if you haven't check them out on, on her social, um, you, you got one that I think is, was pretty cool that your brother donated yeah. to a gig that you were at, got it signed and then he bought it back. Yeah. How cool and special is that? The most special. My parents had bought him a guitar or I, I think he had actually bought it. Like I was saying in the video, he had bought it, wanted to learn how to play it and, um, was a part of trying to build this pavilion in my hometown. And they had a band that everybody knows in my hometown town um called the back behind the barn boys a little bit of a tongue twister right um but they're great (laughs) i love them their music is awesome and he had donated it like you were saying and had all of us sign it It was the first guitar i've ever signed and then in return bought it back like you were saying so that way i could hang it on my wall 
Well, that, and that that's pretty cool and pretty good big big brother, especially if if you know you know especially you know stealing others others guitars so you can learn. So I guess you know it worked out and he was okay. With right, it. it's a sibling <laughs> way of doing things, right? <laughs> Now, I was reading, too, where, you know, you went to college, but you, you kind of didn't figure that was the route you at least wanted to keep going down at that time. Right. So when did you realize, like, this was a career that you wanted to pursue? Because it's one thing to play music, maybe even do local gigs on the on the weekend or something like that where you're from. It's another to, you know, like you said, make the journey back and forth from Nashville right. and then obviously move to Nashville. Yeah, for me, it was really... I think I kind of did the college thing, if you want to say that, because it just felt like the thing that was expected of me at the time. And all my brothers had gone to college, my family had all gone to college, and everyone had experienced different things in college, but it all come out with, whether they graduated from it or not, had come out with successful careers. And for me, I felt like that was the only way that I could make my footprint into become successful in whatever field I wanted to go into. At the time, I was also going into it as like a backup if music didn't work out. And I very quickly realized that if I was putting so much of my time into studies and all of that, I was doing like, I did 40 shows for Christmas or something like that, like some crazy amount in December. And obviously that's also the time where a college student is trying to take their finals and it was just becoming to be so difficult to balance studies and music. And it became very clear to me that the thing that brought me the most joy was to be doing music and to be focusing on that. And when it would come to the books, although I believe education is important, when it came to the books, it was so difficult for me to enjoy it. Um, and I just enjoyed music in a whole different way. And I just knew that that was what I was meant to do. Well, And it had to be a pretty cool feeling when, when your parents you know, gave you the thumbs up yeah. and, and we're cool with it too. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and, you know, as you, you know, kind of, you know, 2022 is winding down, you know, we're getting closer to 2023. Any new music coming that you can tease, won't get yourself in trouble with, with your team, things like that? Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. I've got new music coming. I'm also writing for, I can promise one single in the new year, um, but I'm writing for hopefully a few more singles in the new year as well. Uh, that is good to hear now. Obviously, with with kind of, you know, being younger and still kind of breaking through uh, on the scene, is it still pretty much a lot of singles and then maybe an EP if everything works out down the road? Is that kind of still a lot of singles at the moment when, when you can put them out at the right time? Yeah, yeah. I feel like for me, I really want to discover like the purest form of my artistry not that I haven't um but just like really really be able to tap into more of my artistry when I'm able to do an album um and I'm able to do so many things right now with singles but I know at some point in time an album will feel more than beyond right and I look forward to being able to do an album but yeah right now it's very single focused um we also live in a world where everything is wanted so quickly and everybody wants that quick turnaround. So I feel like albums are kind of hard in my personal point of my career, but at one point I hope to be able to do an album. Well, something to look forward to for and a sure. good tease for, for fans that, that new music is on the way. Yeah. And then, you know, uh, in addition to new music, what can folks expect from you in, in 2023? And what are you hoping to do that do in 2023 as well? Well, we've already revealed that there's new music coming. So they've at least got that, um, 
I've actually got some opening shows this summer that I unfortunately cannot reveal because I will get in trouble. <laughs> but I can say... Well, we don't want that. We don't want no, that. No, no, no. No. <laughs> I'm a people pleaser. I don't want to get in trouble. <laughs> but I've got a few opening act shows coming up this summer that I'm so looking forward to. Plenty of more shows here in Nashville as well. So there will definitely be more than enough opportunities for people to get their Darian Lee fix on music and shows, merchandise videos all the things well it looks like you got got a lot to to look forward to and as always you know follow her on social media be the first to know and and if you haven't yet you got to check out her single jackson and and just any of her your songs out there because you've, you've got a great voice and i'm excited to see see where you go and and thanks for you know sharing your story with me thank you thank you for having me this has been so fun find more from hops and spirits at hopspirits.com Thanks, everybody. Bye.